0: The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We have another interesting one today, Indiana Resources. It trades under the code IDA or India Delta Alpha. It last traded at 7.9 cents for an undiluted market cap of $23 million. Indiana has been creating a bit of a buzz recently in response to some impressive first up drilling results at its gold project in the central portion of South Australia's Gawler Creighton. Most notably at the Minos prospect where hits like 38 metres at 6.5 grams a tonne gold and 26 metres at 4.2 grams a tonne gold have been reported. Minos sits on a prospective shear zone. Indiana has its foot on a 30-kilometre stretch of this shear zone, which, because of sand and calcrete cover, has been waiting until now to give up its secrets. So there's a lot to look forward to there. Now, the central Gola alone goes to supporting Indiana's current market capitalisation. But there is also a big backstory to Indiana relating to the appropriation by the Tanzanian government of the 60% owned Nataka Hill sulfide nickel project. It is now the subject of a US $95 million international arbitration claim, the scale of which goes to the $60 million spent by the joint venture over the years, advancing the project to near-term development status with a 360000 nickel resource under its belt. It can be said that there is little of any value given to Nataka in Indiana's current market value. Uh, for the potential victory in arbitration, that is. So, i.e., the upside there comes for free. We will get an update on the arbitration and what 2021 holds in store for the gawler Gold Project in a moment from Indiana's Executive Chair, Broman Barnes. But first, I'll say hi to Broman and welcome her to the podcast. Hi, Broman, and thanks for your time today.
1: Great to be with you, Barry.
0: All right. Okay, Bronwyn, uh, first up, can I say well done on pivoting to South Australian gold exploration While the nickel arbitration case runs its course. I've seen other companies wait out arbitration cases and doing nothing else. Now, with the goal of gold interest, you look to have something exciting on your hands. Let's start there. Tell us about Indiana's arrival there, what the main prospects are at this stage, and what the company's initial drilling program achieved.
1: Sure, Barry. Look, I think you're, you're spot on there that Indiana moved pretty quickly once we had arbitration on track that, um, you know, we are a junior explorer and junior exploring uh, exploration companies like to explore, not necessarily do arbitration. So look, we were pretty keen on securing an asset back in Australia after our experiences in in Africa. And and we really wanted to be in the gold space. Um, So we were very fortunate to um, be able to acquire the assets of a private entity, which was a company called Patron Resources. And through that acquisition, which was a complete share-based acquisition, we acquired roughly 2,600 kilometres of ground in the central Gorla Creighton. While we were negotiating that transaction with Patron, um, we also went and pegged uh, an additional 2,500 square kilometres of ground. So by the time we finalised the transaction, um, we'd secured just on 5,000 square kilometres, uh, which is a significant ground package in the central Gawler, Craton, and quite strategically located uh, between Tarkula and Unkilia, so a known, gold, a, a known mm. gold province.
0: So the forward program in the uh, central Gawler, um, you've re- reported some exciting uh, drill results today, but I was just wondering what the plan from here is now.
1: Yeah, look, that last or the first program that we did, which we released the results of in February and and March, was an absolutely cracking uh, first pass for us. And and it was really a relatively small program. It was only roughly sort of 1,600 metres that we drilled across 10 holes of of one of the project areas within the um, tenement package called Minos. Um, So look, you You've referenced those gold results. They were amazing uh, for a first pass drill program and we're back in the field at the moment. Um, We're about to start um, another drill campaign um, at Minos once again that will involve another 2,000-odd metres of RC drilling. Uh, We are doing some diamond drilling as well. We're going to extend um, or put diamond tails on two of the uh, previous RC holes that we did in, in February. Um, and one additional diamond hole um, and then we're also doing a 3,500 metre air core program to try and extend um, the zone um, at Minos so there's a significant amount of activity about to roll out in the central Gola Craton, Creighton and at this stage we look like we're going to be starting um, our drilling activity next week.
0: Right so how are you offer funding in that program?
1: Uh, Look, pretty good at the moment. We've uh, recently just raised um, a million dollars through a private placement that we did, and we did a very small share purchase plan for shareholders as well. So we're sitting on about $1.3 million in the bank, which is certainly enough to do the activity that we have at the moment. The upside that we have in terms of funding is that Indiana has a number of listed options um, that expire on the 4th of August this year, so only a couple of months um, for us to wait for those. Um, Those options are in the money at the moment. They have a $0.03 exercise price, and um, obviously, given the current share price of the company, um, we're pretty confident that the majority of those options will be exercised. And that will bring in another $4.5 million uh, to the company in August. So I think we're pretty well placed at the moment to do this current program. Let's see what the results look like and let's look forward to that extra um, kick of cash coming in in August.
0: Mm. Now, the initial focus has been around Minos, but I I alluded there to the the length of this uh, shear zone there. So are, are there other prospects that you're working up along that shear zone at the moment?
1: Yeah, look, this is part of the Air Corps program that we're looking at doing. So the Minos, so the Lake Labyrinth Shear Zone hosts a number of prospects, Minos, Ariadne and Partridge. At the moment, we only have land access approvals for Minos, um, which is why our initial drilling program has focused there. But in the background, we have been working to progress our land access approvals, both with native title parties and with um, the government, the South Australian government, and we're very uh, much looking forward to being able to expand our, our exploration efforts out uh, beyond the focus of MINOS in, in the next couple of months. So MINOS is the focus for now, and um, let's get our land access approvals in place, and let, then let's expand the exploration activity later on in the year.
0: Mm. Now, quite a few juniors uh, have the Gawler as their main focus, but the the... Yeah looking to find the next Olympic dam, um, drill a hole and hopefully snag something. But uh, you've got a very uh, focused program here on gold, high grade gold. Um, Yeah,
1: yes. Look at this stage, very, very focused on high grade gold. What we are drilling is um, essentially following up historic results um, from that region. Um, and as Minos has been our priority area, um, you know, that's where the attention is at the moment. But look, given the size of the land package that we've got, there is potential for other minerals. Um, but look, at the moment, let's focus on gold. Um, and as we go and expand our exploration efforts in the Gawler Craton, uh, we will be considering the potential for other minerals.
0: Now, given the... The impressive nature of some of those hits, I was just wondering uh, what ha, what do you consider the potential for Minos to work up a, a gold resource of some sort before long?
1: Oh, look, I think that's very much the focus of the company and, and very much part of the current drilling program that's being planned for this, for this month. Um, so, look, there is a bit more work that we need to do after this drill program to work it up into a resource, but we would like to move to a resource this year at Minos. I think that that would be a really solid signal to the market that we're serious about exploration and that we're focused on delivering results.
0: Right, okay. Now, while that pans out in South Australia, um, give us a bit of a background on the Nakata Hill uh, story.
1: Look, the uh, arbitration with the government of Tanzania is a a really fascinating story and um, I'm very keen to make sure that that, that people understand the background and, and what the likely prospects for success are through that arbitration process. So this dates back to the government of Tanzania changing their mining code in um, 2017 and at the time when they changed the code they removed the provision for retention licences and our Nataka Hill nickel sulphide asset was held under a retention licence. There were promises made by the government at the time that a mining commission would be formed and that um, parties who had had their retention licences revoked would be able to engage with the Mining Commission to negotiate a new form of tenure. And look, we did engage in that process and I attended a number of meetings in Tanzania with both the uh, Minister for Mines and the head of the Mining Commission. Um, Unfortunately, in um, December 2020, Um, the government decided to advertise these assets for sale on their website without providing any advice um, in advance of that publication to the companies who had had their retention licences cancelled. So that really triggered for us um, a dispute that then could be addressed through the UK-Tanzanian bilateral trade investment treaty. So our asset was held in Tanzania through our UK subsidiary that -hmm. very much had been set up to take advantage of the benefits of that treaty. Um, So look, we've triggered that dispute. Um, During 2020, um, the company secured litigation funding. So we do have a a $4.56 million litigation funding facility Um, and that's US dollars, um, and we've secured that from a very reputable litigation funding firm out of London that's also um, listed on the stock exchange over there. Now that money is a drawdown facility that provides for all funding associated with the case for arbitration against Tanzania. So essentially what we have here is a fully de-risked option for shareholders. Um, There's no company money being spent on the legal case at the moment. Um, All our resources are focused on exploration in South Australia, um, but very much as we move into arbitration with Tanzania um, and what we believe is a high likelihood of success, um, you know, shareholders can have the benefit of, of exposure to a potential compensation claim against the government for $95 million U.S.
0: And just to be sure, the litigation funding of hmm. uh, uh, four point six five million. Yeah, uh, that's is that their total fee on success or?
1: No, um, what that is is an agreed funding facility that we draw down on in order to meet the costs associated with um, our our legal advisors and, and preparing a case for arbitration. Um, In the event of success, we do have an agreed um, repayment schedule um, that goes back and and on success, then then they are entitled to receive a fee um, that gives them obviously a return on their investment in the litigation funding facility. Um, But what's important to note here is that if we're unsuccessful in our claim, is that we do not have to repay any of that money. So it's a very strong signal Mm. from the litigation funder in their belief in the merits of our claim. And uh, with arbitration set to commence on the 22nd of April this month, uh, we're very confident that we're well prepared to commence arbitration.
0: Any feel at all for how long the arbitration process might take to conclude?
1: Yes, it's a very defined process and it's run through an organisation called the International Centre for Settlement of Investment Disputes, which is actually a subsidiary of the World Bank. So it's a very transparent process um, and a very um, arm's length process. So not controlled by either us as an investor or Tanzania as a host state. Um, Now the timeline usually takes somewhere between two to three years. And part of what will happen in the first hearing at arbitration at the end of this month is that the defined timeline will be set and agreed by both parties. Now, once that timeline is set, it is very unusual for it to be extended um, and the panel or the arbitration panel that has been appointed um, and approved by ICSID to um, manage the case um, generally tend not to grant extensions to the arbitration timeline. So it's quite a a defined and transparent process.
0: Right, okay. And... uh... Tanzania has got a new president, uh, I understand. Uh, Any feel uh, that uh, the attitude towards foreign investment might have changed under the new presidency?
1: Look, we're watching the transition to the new president very closely, and we're very encouraged by a number of progressive actions that she seems to have taken quite early on um, in her term. I think her attitude particularly towards the management of COVID, which the previous um, President of Tanzania had been a COVID denier. Um, so it's it's refreshing to see that this President is taking um, the management of COVID in-country uh, much more seriously. We also understand that she's made a number of changes to um, ministerial um, departmental heads, um, and that um, there's been a refreshing change in attitude towards foreign investors and um, how they interact on the international stage. Obviously, this is very early days. I think she's only been in the role of president now for three weeks, having transitioned from the position of vice president. Um, but we're very much looking forward and, um, to a new set of um, eyes uh, coming in. As the president of Tanzania, and we would strongly welcome a refreshed and a more engaged approach with international investors.
0: Mm. Uh, previously, I think there was uh, the company also had some uh, uh, exploration interests in Mali. Uh, yes. Given uh, what happened there,
1: uh, look, we've tended to walk away from Mali at the moment. I think that the challenges from that have arisen during COVID. Um, made it very difficult to travel to Mali and undertake an ongoing exploration program. The assets are sitting there at the moment and we are assessing what we might do with them in the future, but they're certainly not a current focus for us in terms of exploration, particularly giving, um, you know, the stunning results that we've had out of South Australia, a location much closer to home and a province that we're we're much more comfortable dealing with in.
0: Mm. So uh, the focus is very much on South Australia at the moment, which is about as tier one of mining jurisdiction as you can get.
1: Yeah, we're very pleased to be in South Australia. I think, um, you know, our first program was, although we had to manage through a COVID sort of outbreak, which I think will be the, you know, the new norm for us over the next 12 to 18 months, um, you know, the ability to deal with the government, the ability to secure um, contractors and service providers is is fantastic. And it's all only two and a half hours um, away from Perth, which has uh, been fantastic. But we have set up a team in South Australia, so we do have people on the ground. We're not trying to manage this project from Perth, um, given, you know, the the, the travel restrictions and, and complications that have arisen with COVID. Um, so that we're very focused on on being there and being present and, um, and being, you know, pretty focused on getting this exploration activity up and running.
0: Okay. All right. So let's bring it all together then. What uh, should investors be looking out for, say, in the next 12 months from the company?
1: Look, in in the next three months in particular, we're going to have a really strong news flow from our exploration activities at, at Minos. And, um, you know, the current programs that are rolling out there um, will keep us certainly busy for at least the next two months and see a really strong news flow for the next three to four months. Um, Towards the end of the year, we would very much like to see um, those land access approvals in place that would then allow us to expand our exploration activity across across the uh, central Gawler, Craton in South Australia, and and very much looking at the other prospects that um, we're very deeply interested in, Double Dutch, um, you know, Area Dam, Boomerang. There's some really wonderful um, prospects there that are just begging to have follow-up drilling on them. So that will be our activity on the ground in South Australia. In terms of arbitration, um, we obviously start arbitration on the 22nd of April. Um, we know then that we need to be providing further documentation to the arbitration panel um, mid-year. So June, July we would expect to lodge our first statement of claim to the panel um, and then we would expect that that panel will continue to review evidence provided to it by both parties over the next 12 months. So we'll be able to provide the market with updates as we go as to how arbitration is progressing.
0: You're right. Um, and normally I, I start out with this question um, every time I do a podcast, but for some reason I forgot to do it today. Uh, I think it would be a great idea if we could uh, give listeners a bit of a just a personal background on yourself, the professional career up, up until now.
1: Oh right, sure. Look, I've been involved in the mining industry for coming up for twenty five years. Um, I spent my early days um, actually at um, Anaconda with Twiggy Forest, um, and obviously with a nickel focus. And mm. um, then you know transitioned through a number of roles in the mining sector and ended up at Western Mining. Um, which is another very heavily nickel focused um, um, company. Transitioned <laughs> yeah. and the birthplace for most managing directors of ASX uh, listed junior companies, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, transitioned into BHP after the takeover um, and was on the executive leadership team of the nickel division. Uh, Post that, um, I went back into junior land and have spent the last 10 years um, sitting on the boards of junior um, mining companies, either as um, an executive or a non-executive. So I was executive chair at Winwood Resources, which was taken over by IGO. So Winwood had nickel in the Fraser Range. Some of your listeners may remember that mm-hmm. transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last year, I was the, the lead independent director on the board of Mod Resources, which was taken over by Sandfire. So you know, very strong background in mining, both from an operational perspective, um, also, and also from a corporate um, leadership and board perspective.
0: Mm, uh, lots of uh, common themes there, one of them being, of course, uh, everyone gets taken over. <laughs>
1: well, that's <laughs> what we like to see. <laughs> that's true.
0: Everything's for sale at the right price. Um, just on that, un- unusually, I noticed that uh, we don't see it all that often. You're actually a substantial shareholder in Indiana.
1: Yes, I am. Um, mm. So, look, in the early days when I joined the board of Indiana um, as the non executive chairman, um, I came in with a, with a shareholding and I've continued to grow my shareholding um, over time. So, yes, I am a substantial shareholder in Indiana. I'm very committed to the company. I'm very, very focused on arbitration. Um, that's something that I have been, you know, working on now for nearly three years and I'm very determined to have um, a successful outcome. Um, but then, of course, um, you know, acquiring the gold um, projects in South Australia and building that really strategic land position. Mm. This is something that, you know, I'm very, very keen to see as, as one of the major drivers for company success. Companies that can dominate, um, you know, strategic land holdings, you know, become very, very interesting to to major companies or, or larger companies. And I think what we have in the central Gorla Craton with the 5,000 square kilometres of ground is something at a future point that may well interest uh, larger companies that are looking to um looking to acquire a gold position that um is quite significant so yeah there was a definitely a strategic um element to our acquisition and consolidation of this ground position in south australia
0: Mm, uh, well, as I said earlier, uh, well done on not just focusing on the arbitration, as big as it is and as significant as it is, but uh, pivoting to uh, the Gawler and uh, creating uh, uh, more value for the company going forward.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: So with that, I'll say thanks for your time today, Bronwyn, and uh, good luck with it all.
1: Great. Thanks a lot, Barry.
0: Cheers.